This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is John Townley and I'm joined by Matt Kendrick to mull over a really uh, difficult afternoon at Villa Park, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm still in a bit of a strop. John, to be honest, you know what I'm like. I, don't, I, I should be old enough to not let Villa ruin my weekends by now. Um and I'm sure that once <laughs> once I stop, once I get this agony over and stop talking about them, I'm sure that I'll, I'll get over it over the course of the next couple of days. But um, it's never, I never really saw that coming. And when I say I never saw that coming, I'm I'm still not quite sure exactly what that was, to be honest, because I don't think either team played particularly well. Um, but mm-hmm. somehow we've managed to to concede four goals um, at a time when you know. I don't want to give you too long an answer to your first question, but I think the big thing about about Unai Emery, he's tried or he's trying to get Villa to exert control over games, um, which is probably part of the reason why he wants to build up slowly from the back and and keep the ball. And you know, to 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 throw the you know to to squander the the lead first of all is he, careless, but to do it again. And to you know get back in front and, and two one on thirty five minutes, and be trailing trailing um, three two at half time. It's, it's kind of unforgivable. Um, but bigger picture, you know, we, we I've, I've said all along in Unai we we trust you know there's going to be ups and downs. We're going to be better off if we stick with him for three years or more. We're going to be in better shape. But it's just a, it's just frustrating and it just feels like a missed opportunity today. Oh, massively missed opportunity and. As you said, it's almost a bit not shocking, but you are a bit like numb to it. It's like, oh, really didn't see that coming. My coming back in the car, my dad said, Oh, what do you think about it, John? And I said, Well, I've got to do a podcast, so I don't want to talk about it twice. You know, it's it's <laughs> we haven't had that feeling for a while, which, um, yeah, really a difficult afternoon, as I say. It was a comedy of errors, really, for all four goals. Um, shot ourselves in the foot, you could probably give 10 idioms to sort of describe the performance. Um, I, th- I thought we played well in stages, but as well, so did Leicester. And it was almost, well, that was almost because both defences were there to be got at. I thought whenever we progressed into the final third, it was as if, oh, we've got a chance to score. And whenever Leicester did, it was, they did score, you know. So they took their chances and we tried to create some, but didn't. I think we had most of the ball throughout the game, but that was probably because in the second half, uh, Leicester backed off, didn't they? So, um, yeah, ultimately the manner of the how we lost probably didn't help more than anything. And shipping four goals at home is never going to be, um, you know, something you can deal with <laughs> over the weekend. Um, we'll start with the starting eleven as we always do. Matt um, Moreno uh, coming out, Luca Dean coming in was the only change that Emery made. I think, to be honest, over the course of the season, I think it's that position and. John McGinn or Emmy Boindir. I think those two positions are the main ones that will probably often change. Um, any any shock that Dean came in? I was actually surprised that he did, to be fair. I don't know if there was a knock that Moreno had previously. Or... Um, yeah, like you said, I think 
there's not, you know, if you follow the narrative from the last couple of, from earlier this week, there's a lot of frustration that Villa didn't, didn't strengthen the squad, you know, with a little bit more in January. But he hasn't really got much, like you said, there's only a couple of changes he can make really that that team does does pretty much pretty much pick itself so i suppose i was a little bit surprised that dean started um i wasn't that surprised that he disappeared um at half time although i thought there could have been there could have been a couple of changes made i mean i, I think in a it, in a wider context at the moment my my issue with it is and i think the emery factor i'm genuinely convinced that he, this is just going to be it's going to be a longer-term project. And it's going to be more than the new manager bounce that we saw in the, the honeymoon period. But I already have seen frustratingly little standards slipping that he can't be happy about, basically. It's almost like he's come in, and on a heart back to the Manchester United performance on his debut, but that, to me, set the standard. He's come in, and his ideas were taken on board quite quickly. But I don't. I just get the feel that people get the feeling that, that some, of the, some of the players have become a little bit comfortable again. And, you know, there's a little bit of, I don't know about complacency, but they're a little bit casual today. Um, and I think he kind of needs to needs to nip that in the bud quite quickly because, yes, this is a, a season of transition. When's it not at Aston Villa? But this is a season of transition. This is a season for him to learn about the players that he's got. But, you know, and we will we will have his back. We will, we will support him because I think we, we're all bought into what he's trying to do. You've got to try and get some momentum, whether that's in, in individual matches or, or, or runs of matches. So it's frustrating. But I suppose that, that that's the nature of being a mid-table team, isn't it? That you are going to get inconsistencies within games and inconsistencies across runs of games. Yeah, and that's the main thing that uh, I think Dan asked me a couple of weeks ago over the course of 2023, what's the one thing Villa need to do? And it was straight away become a consistent team and because that's what's going to get you in the top seven ultimately. And that's not going to happen this season. Although we are only still... How many points? Maybe six points now off top six. But again, it's not going to happen. Next season is when we're going to try and make that push and we need to become consistent. But for the players that we have at the moment, I totally agree. Today we were complacent. Certain individuals were. But this is almost like a trial period up until the summer. And we're not going to bring in a whole new squad. Of course we're not. But for Emery, he needs to know that certain players and positions are capable of playing how he wants. And also, as you say, be up for be up for the task across the whole season because it's it's pointless if you're going to turn up in some games and then all of a sudden it's a, a 3 p.m. kickoff. It's not on TV and it's against Leicester at home who are in bad form. Oh, we'll be okay. Um, you know, we go one and up, then two one up, and all of a sudden three two down at half time, and then you're four two at full time. And it's again, you know, honeymoon honeymoon period over. Arsenal next, City next. Sorry, then Arsenal. It's in the Premier League, there's no easy games, but you have to build that momentum, as you're saying. That's what we were doing. It's just come crashing down this afternoon and it doesn't feel good at all. Um, Villa... No, I, I don't think... So to cut across, John, I don't, I don't, you know, I've seen, seen mixed, mixed messages and a lot of people kind of were disappointed about the atmosphere today and it did, you know, Leicester, Leicester were noisier than, 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 than Villa for, for a lot of the match. But I don't think it's... I don't think it's a disaster. So, listen, conceding four goals at home is never great. But I've heard some people going the other way and saying the performance was brilliant. I saw somebody who put the performance was great. We just didn't take our chances and we gifted them their goals. Now, to me, I don't think you can have both of those. I don't think you can have the performance being great and you being so vulnerable or whatever or poor poor in either box, around either box. But um, I think it's... 
I thought the performance wasn't wasn't very good. I thought there were little patches of it. I think the times we got ourselves in front, those were the times where you've just got to be less naive. You've just got to just keep the ball, basically. Um, But, and I'll go my face if I'm wrong, but I think we'll perform better against Arsenal and against Manchester City than we did today. And the frustrating thing is, if we do produce a performance of the likes of which I think we're going to see, even if even even if it's in defeat against those teams, that performance would have been enough today. Yeah. Certainly avoid defeat. Uh, I don't know whether any of that made sense. Particularly, I'm seeing into the future and judging judging <laughs> judging today's game <laughs> against games that haven't happened or might happen. Um, but you know what I mean? It's yeah, no, I'm, and I tend to think that we're under Emery. We are set up to actually play against those teams too. And today just felt a bit almost. I don't know. I felt like we were. We felt as if it was a game that we should win and we could win, and that hasn't happened under Emery yet. Wolves at home, we didn't win. Obviously, Stevenage, we lost. Today, we didn't win, and there's a couple of the results that I can't quite think of. But we've only won once in four home games now in the Premier League, and for everything that's that you know happened and gone well under Emery so far, I'm not blaming him at all. But one win in four home league games against a Liverpool team who got battered at home against Wolves today. Uh, against Wolves himself and Leicester. And there's another one in there that I can't quite remember. We haven't picked up as many points as we probably should have. And again, I don't want to be too nitpicky at the moment, but those are the sort of standards that we have to be setting next season, at least. And that happens now because you're not just randomly going to get top six football um, off the back of a season where you're continuing what you were doing in other seasons. So we need to um, you know, fix up sharp with that. And I almost think we're better set up to play away from home. And that's why we've got most of our results you know, on the road, but we'll see. Um, in terms of the stats today, we had 19 shots, they had eight. Their expected goals was almost double ours because they had big chances and so we, we almost gifted them. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's a bit worrying how open the game was as well. You, as you say, I almost thought, for certain, it's not really a moan or a gripe, but I do think the Villa Park crowd at some points didn't help because, as you said earlier, Matt, sometimes we just need to keep keep the ball put a foot on the ball and just relax, and, you know, just for 10 minutes. Because we, there was rarely a moment in the game where we had a sustained amount of pressure on the Leicester goal and don't think it's going to come back the other way and they're going to score themselves, which is exactly what they did. Yeah. And when we did put a foot on the ball in the second half and try to just, you know, relax the tempo and let's sort of build an attack, there was almost a bit of a... There was one point, I think, when Moreno passed the ball to Mings three or four times, always Louise. And the crowd were kind of getting on everyone's back and I was just thinking, you know, calm down, let's, you know, build something together and... I think those are things that we have to sort of get used to. And yeah, like the booing at half time too. I'm kind of going on now, but I thought that was a bit unnecessary. What did you think of the uh, the kind of crowd today? It's a strange old place, Villa Park. And you, you know, it was a rare, rare, wasn't it? Rarity to have a have a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. And it was weird leaving yeah. the game and it was still, still light, to be honest. But I think we need. <laughs> It's hard. It, listen, it sounds like I'm a put upon Villa fan here, which I am. But we want to have patience in a new project, and we want to we want to believe in it. But we've had the rug pulled so many times in these new projects. I'm actually, and maybe I'm being naive. I'm actually more convinced about this project than I have been about many of the previous ones, despite us getting excited when on a rare occasion when things go well. But I think we, I think I think we need educating. But I think we need educating and convincing. The more, the more often that a controlled, a controlled type of football, a slower type of football, a okay, we're going to have to move the ball around to pull teams at home. We have to move the ball around more. 
maybe not always forward as quickly to pull teams out of place. That's fine, and that is the right thing, but we need to see it working. Do you know what I mean? I think sometimes, sometimes our experience is the goals that we've given away. You know, we've we've seen it a couple of times. Seen it against Stevenage when the ball goes into the DM on the edge of the box. We've seen seen it today. Listen, over time, the more Emery gets into his players, the better players he gets, the more confident they are. It will work, and we'll see. We will see. We will be convinced more of it. But in the meantime, we're just thinking. Sometimes, from this style of football, we're architects of our own downfall, and we're conceding goals. But are we seeing enough of it in a productive sense? Does that make sense? No, no, I understand it. And again, I think that comes with being patient as a crowd because we know this isn't going to be a you know a one year project. And all of a sudden, next season we're going to be in the top seven. It's going to be over two or three years. And I agree. I think we've probably been sucked into things before in the last couple of years. Like we, we sold Jack Grealish, who's one of the best England uh, players in the England national team. And for some reason, we thought would be then knocking on the door of the top seven because we bought Wendy Bailey Nings, and that hasn't happened. Two years later, we're now with Emery, and this is almost now the project starts in a way. And Villa fans have had, you know, we we got promoted what four years ago or so. Um, so we need to have more patience in how we view this project anyway. But I just think in some games like today, let's um, I don't know, just let's not get on the back of the team so much sometimes. And how do we start? I, I it, John? How, how do you start? You know, you've seen uh, forgetting the names now. Well, what what's the um, is it the Hol- Holmesdale end? What's what's the crew at, at Crystal Palace? They've got like uh, got some, yeah, a little kind of yeah. ultras group, haven't they? And they wear black. Yeah. How how do you how do you generate that? You know, Wait, constantly. Yeah, no, true. I, I think it was good actually. Just quickly, the start of the game, the Project B six stuff with the scarves and stuff. Although that was a yeah. positive step because that looked really nice. And yeah. I thought if you like a John Duran, you're coming on and you're seeing that, you're thinking, oh, yeah. that's you know cool. Um, and actually, I thought the crowd were good during the game. I'm not saying they weren't. I just thought it was more of a, a point. Don't be, let's not be negative. Let's not boot at half time just because we're one nil down. We've won four of the last five games that we played. You know, it's just a bit unnecessary. I think we just need to be more patient. We know why Emery's here. Let's not become the crowd that we know we can be sometimes. Emery in every game, pretty much and post-match, is saying that he wants to, build, wants to build a connection between the fans and the players on the pitch because it works in tandem. And in players like Danny Ings will always say, after scoring a goal, Villa Park doesn't know how important it is to the players. And I think that's something that we almost need to take on board ourselves and really be that 12th man. And I know we pay a lot of money to watch the game. But I do think we can help even more so than what we are. But that's just an opinion. And I don't, again, no, after no, I, I I agree with you, but I think we we can agree that when Aston Villa aren't winning or when they're going through yeah, the top lines, yeah. we need to be better. I just you know I've been going to Villa Park since Christ over thirty years now, um, probably nearer to forty years. Blind me, I'm an old man. Um, but how? You know, what's the responsibility on me? You know, if I, if I turn up, I turn up at Villa Park um, next weekend. You know, I don't want to be the mad nutter who's kind of standing there starting chants on my own in the top of the Trinity. You know, <laughs> I, I try. I don't. I hope people around me would say I'm not the kind of grumpy Victor Meldrew who's kind of booing every every sideways pass. How can people? You know, I'm not saying you've got the answer to this necessarily. But how can we do it as individuals? How can we be part of that? You know, the Project B6, I think they're brilliant. I'm amazed and frustrated that that group hasn't kind of, you know, really kind of expanded and really kind of blown up more more than it is, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know how you do it as an individual. 
Mm. No, no, there was a clip, wasn't there? I don't know if you saw it a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think there was a young lad and he was chanting all the songs and stuff by himself in one of the stands. I don't know where. And he was being filmed and it was like, oh, no one's singing with him, like, ha, 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 you know, making a laugh out of it. And it was, I didn't understand it. <laughs> you know, that's what a fan's supposed to do. But I, it's not necessarily, um, you know, the noise or whatever. I thought the noise today was fine. It was mainly just the patience. Let's not get on the back of the team rather than the support. I thought the supports was fine, but it's just the the other side of it. It's almost like too extreme sometimes, I think. And again, I think that shows when it's going great, it's fine. But then when it's going bad, the players also are going to, uh, you know, find that negative energy as well. Um, but let's move on to the goals that were scored. It, do we want to talk about the goals? The four goals we conceded? I mean... Let's talk, talk about the, the the one that we scored, first of all, because I thought that was a, yeah. a moment of, of sublime quality. Um, I was thinking, I mean, fortunately, Ollie Watkins with his acrobatics before I had a chance to, to worry about whether the, the, the VAR man was going to start drawing lines. But I'm, I sit high up in the Trinity, down the other end of the penalty box, level with the penalty box at the North Stand. And I thought, has that actually gone out of the line? And it, you know, it, it clearly hadn't. It was clearly nowhere near the line. But it was just, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was sublime, wasn't it? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Yeah, obviously the Buendis, um coming onto his left foot bends it perfectly. And then the ball seemed to take an age for it to bounce, as you say, almost on the line. And then when Watkins karate kicked it, that took a couple of minutes, I thought, for the ball to land. It was almost everyone was anticipating him to go in with his head or whatever, but obviously applied the right finish. Um, I think that was within 10 minutes again, if I'm not mistaken. I'd love to know, or, or research after the game, how many goals we've scored in the first 10 minutes of games where, we've, where we're kicking out the whole 10 first. Because I think that's something that we must do in the coin toss. I mean, Martinez must say we'll kick against the Holt first because it always gets a bit of a, or it used to anyway, get a bit of a reception because it's like we want to kick yeah. against the Holt in the second half. But in every game that we've played, Man United, Brentford, um, there was another Leeds we scored early as well. A lot of games where we're scoring early goals at the Holt and today it was good to get that goal. There was a chance before then as well in the first couple of minutes. So we, we always start well, but then the way that we... Um, shot ourselves in the foot. Obviously, Kamara giving the giving the ball away on the edge of his box or in the box was you know hardly what, what ideal. Do make, what do you make of that in terms of you know a defensive midfielder be well? He's confident enough to receive the ball. You know, they're standing on the penalty spot virtually with his you know facing his own goal. Uh, yeah. And he, to be fair, I think he's dropped the shoulder and got away from the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just taking one touch too many, but you know, I'm I'm a kind of old school traditionalist. You know, from the days that we were taught to play football in school and on you know on our pubs pitches on a Sunday, you don't kind of play. You know, these your better box, yeah. they're more technical ability than I'd have for the dog and duck, you know, <laughs> with a hangover or whatever. But I just think, like I said, I think he used the phrase earlier, kind of architects of your own downfall or whatever, and just be sensible. You know, you can if you want to exert control on a game. Keep the ball in, in, in sensible areas for, for me. I just thought, I thought it was on. I thought it was an, an avoidable goal, which is starting the obvious. I know. Yeah, I mean, I presume it's 
look, Emery's not going to change the way that he wants the team to play and whether he's got the players or not to do that. I thought if anyone was going to do it, it wouldn't be Kamara because he has done it previously. And as you say, he almost took the ball well and got past the first man, but then didn't play the ball out or play off or go long or whatever he had to do. He did receive it in the, in the, in the first place, but then he's got dispossessed uh, almost as he was hesitating, I think. And I think he got dispossessed for the third goal as well, doing the same thing. And he, he is very relaxed. He's very sort of, you know, taking the game at his own tempo and usually it works and when it does work it looks really good because during the game you could probably count four or five times that he does it in the middle of the pitch and it comes off but at the edge of your box I think he has to be a bit more you know who might tell Bibi Kamara what to do because he's probably our best player but I think he will know that obviously because we conceded the goal he's taken the first touch fine and he's received it but then he's been hesitant maybe that's just something that will come with you know relationships with his teammates because as soon as he turns out he's Probably wasn't sure where Luca Dean was or where's Douglas Louise. Yeah. Maybe next time it's, you know, it won't be so um, catastrophic. But the problem is that teams are now going to do this to us. They're going to press very high, press on all of our players. And, you know, I think it was Brighton, wasn't it? Douglas Louise did the same thing yeah. pretty much with Emmy Martinez. So it's clearly a problem. And if that happens more than, you know, once in a season, and it's happened twice now, that's, we've given away stupid goals. And luckily against Brighton, we've managed to win the game. But against this, against Leicester, sorry, I almost set the tone for uh, for the rest of the game because I thought we started well. And then you'd, you almost think if we went two goals up, they wouldn't have enough to then score at least two or three. Um, but no, obviously didn't go well. So is, is that your opinion on it, Matt? You'd, you'd rather us... Because I don't know how we begin to play out from the back if we don't do it in the first place. It's a really tough one to... Yeah, listen, they've clearly been encouraged to play that way because even the kind of reserves did it with the, the goal against Stevenage when Den Donk is the one who's, who's caught on the ball from, from Robin Olsen's pass. So, yeah. you know, yes, until you keep drilling things, you're not going to be experts at it. I'm not against Villa playing out from the back. I think today was an extreme because I think you can play to your, you can play to your, your centre-halves who split from a goal kick you can you know bring your fullbacks you, you know or push your fullbacks wide and try and play 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 that way i think it's a different thing when you're playing straight down the middle you True. know and you've yeah. got you kamara doesn't know but well, i'm sure he does because he normally has a sixth sense about about what's around him but he cannot see in his peripheral really how close close he's been pressed so i just think yes you know when Villa are the masters of playing from the back in three years of Unai Emery and we've upgraded, not that we necessarily need to upgrade in that position because he, like I say, he's probably one of our outstanding players. That's fine. In the meantime, <laughs> at least kind of play the way you're facing a little bit. Perhaps I'm yeah. being, perhaps no, I'm being I, a little bit harsh. I agree because you say you've, you've got two centre-backs that are split. You've got wing-backs as well. Don't go down the middle where they're going to have all the... Yeah, it again, who are we to tell Emery what to do? But it didn't look good. And then obviously we take the lead again. Um, Ollie Watkins, a bit of a fluke goal. You know, I think he just took it down. He received it from the left and then crossed it and suited just yeah. a poor goal really to consider from Leicester's point of view. But a goal that I thought, okay, now we're back in front. That almost cancelled out Kamara's error. Let's yeah. take the game from here. Um, and again, it didn't happen because we then, uh, they, sorry, drew, uh, get draw back again. Forget the goal. It was Harvey Barnes, wasn't it? Across. The back yeah, post, I think, I think Mings has cleared the first one, but then the defensive line have been very, very sluggish in getting out. Um, so they're still in the same position, but you know, just Mings is in Mings is caught in no man's land then, 
and it's a great ball from Barnes, to be honest. And you know he's going to bury, yeah. the, header, bury the header from there. Um, and yeah, it, you know, and, and then the third goal I thought was a foul on on Kamara at first. I've watched it back, and yeah. you know he might have had a little nudge, but he probably should have. Well, he, he probably should have done a little bit more to kind of withstand the challenge. And then Mings, and I've been Mings' biggest kind of champion um, for several years since he signed. I mean, is it, is it, how long has he been with us? 2019 now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, been... 20... Yeah, well, so January 2019, yeah. yeah four so years. Four years now. And I've been like one of his biggest defenders and biggest biggest champions and advocates or whatever you want to say. But I thought he was poor. I thought he had a poor poor game today. And I thought, I you know, him. he's kind of switched off, switched off for that one. Um Mind you, that new lad, he looked decent, didn't he? The one who, who scored okay. that. So, yeah, I thought, he, I thought, and again, I'm probably, probably being a bit harsh and digging out Leon Bailey, uh, but I thought if you compared his performance to, to Leon Bailey's performance, um, yeah, just just really, really frustrating, John, because, you know, we the opportunity was there, wasn't it, to, to move, move into the top half, to potentially go above Chelsea. Could we go ninth, could we, I think, today? Ninth, um, yeah, we jumped above Chelsea and Liverpool. Yeah, to, to go ninth. Um, you know, not lost any ground on Liverpool, obviously. Um no. but it's just I don't know, it's 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 Villa, it's it's stop start, it's stop start, and I think the the key key messages and people get bored of me saying this on the podcast that I'm on is let's just hold our nerve. Do you know what I mean? Let's let's hold our nerve because this guy's got as good a chance of anybody as getting it right. And if we not there's any suggestion of this happening. Certainly, you know, a couple of boos and a couple of frustrated groans when we when we we're not moving the ball fast enough for people's liking. If we hang this bloke out, I don't know where we go next. So we're gonna have these, we're gonna have these kind of frustrating moments. We've exited both the cups in games yeah. that we should have won. We've yeah. lost a game today that I think we 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 should have won. And the big thing that, that's getting on my nerves at the moment is that when you're playing at home and the onus is on you, you to take the game to the opposition, sometimes getting that first goal can be the biggest mountain to climb. But we're actually doing that. We're actually yeah. doing the the hard bit, if you like. Yeah. So that's the bit that requires kind of bravery, creativity. You know, something a little bit different to stretch a team to get in behind to get round round the sides. We we do that bit. The bit that's probably still difficult, but not as difficult. Being more pragmatic. You know, kind of. Slowing things, slowing the game down, and, and keeping the ball, we just seem to have lost the art of that, and that's that's bizarre. Given that we have become such a a good solid force away from home, yeah, yeah, that's what I can't quite grasp. Because you say we are going a goal up, and if we do that away from home, more often than not, we will win the game. But then at home, it's just say like one one winning four, I think it is, and the one was against uh, Leeds, and but apart from that, we haven't you know won. I say today, Leicester. Liverpool, who have been battered by Wolves and um, the other game, Wolves again themselves. It's that's that's a run of fixtures that at home you would have thought, okay, well we can take at least two wins out of that. But no, it's um, yeah, difficult. Do you think home form is a worry? Are we just a team who's better set up away from home, and our home form is now going to suffer till the end of the season, or do you think it will all sort of balance itself out and eventually we will become that consistent team that we need to be, really? I don't know. I don't see why. I don't see why it should be. I don't think we play. I don't think we're placing unrealistic in unrealistic expectations on the team. Really, you know, we yes, we're frustrated when we can see goals, and we can frustrated when we've considered three first goal, first half goals. But like I said, I think we've got the creativity that most games we will score a goal at Villa Park. 
we will score a goal. So what are we doing to at the other end to protect that? So I don't think it needs to be. I don't think it, need, it needs to be an issue. I think I think inconsistency generally will be an issue because I think we've we've still got probably a strong starting eleven and, and two or three around that. I don't think we've got a, a, a deep squad. I don't think we've got a deep squad before we got rid of you know half a dozen fringe players in the in the in the window. Um, I don't I don't think it needs to be. I think to me, and this sounds a probably a basic thing to do. We just need to. I mean, I'm just looking at looking at our, our fixture list now, and obviously Arsenal are the next ones who, who come to Villa Park, aren't they? And I think it's Palace after Arsenal in terms of home games. Yeah, and we've got Bournemouth coming up as well at Villa Park. So I think I think that that's probably that that's probably what it is. And the, the away fans have probably been treated more um to the you know the the, the Emory experience than, than the home fans. It's a cliche, but a, a couple of victories, you know yeah, at Villa Park and the connection that he wants, I think it's there anyway. I just think it's hiding and waiting for us to have something properly to celebrate. So I don't want to suggest that the home form is going to become like a kind of like a jinx or a curse because I don't I don't think that is the case. I don't think there's anything about the way Emery sets up the team. I don't think that the fan base, you know, although can, that it can be frustrated or easily frustrated, I don't think that's sucking the life out of the team particularly. Uh, no. I just think it's... I think it's just him reminding his players of the standards that he set three months ago or whenever it was pre-World Cup when he when he came in saying, listen, you know, we are playing this way, but you've got to be super, you've got to concentrate fully. You've got to be super disciplined. I'm not going to accept, you know, if you want to be part of this, this journey, you want to be part of this club going forward, I'm not going to accept, you know, a nine out of 10 performance one week and a five out of 10 performance the next. There's got to be this level of consistency. Yeah, and... Just, I think we'll get that home consistency right as well. And there is nothing in the way that we set up or play like that is worrying me. I think it's more so maybe a, not necessarily a mentality thing, but again, players coming into games against Wolves, Leeds and Leicester particularly and thinking we can you know, play at 80% of the level that we play at, at Tottenham or at Brighton. We can get the job done and no, it's a Premier League game. So you have to hit it 100% or you're not going to come away with three points. Um yeah, next three games, City away, Arsenal at home and then Everton away. Everton away all of, all of a sudden seems like a much harder game than what it you know, would have been before today, I think. Um, City away, I think that's next Sunday, I think it's on Sky, 4.30, I think. Yeah. Um, then Arsenal at home, which is interesting because City play Arsenal a few days before that. So we can maybe catch Arsenal bearing on that result. I think that's a 12.30. So those are three tricky games. And I think if you, if you can get out of that with one win out of that, I'd, I'd take it, to be honest. I mean, obviously you don't want to you want to avoid as many defeats as you, as you can in there. But luckily, we're still quite a lot of points above the likes of a Palace and Leicester. I think it's like eight points out of Leicester and four points away from Palace. So we're still close to the top 10. It's just a shame that we couldn't get ourselves really amongst it after, Sorry, before those uh, two tricky games. But yeah, thanks for uh, joining me, Matt. I think that'll probably wrap us up. We've had 30 minutes of talking about Villa's 4-2 defeat to Leicester. So I think we've done pretty well, to be fair. Yeah, all I was going to say before we go is, you know, I, I would still take, I'd, I'd take top ten. It, it, it's oh, yeah. not, it's not beyond the realms of possibility for, for us to finish in the top ten. And I think I'm right in saying, what was the best we finished under Dean Smith? Eleventh was it since we've been back up? Um, yeah. So, and I, I think it's, um, I think it, I think it is a possibility. Uh, the only, other, the only, actually, the only other other thing I was going to say, 
who was your who was your man of the match today? <sighs> Great question. I would probably say uh, Ollie Watkins. I did think Buendia was quite good, but I'd say Ollie Watkins. I actually thought Conte was quite good as well. I know we lost four two, but I'd go with Ollie Watkins. No, because I, I thought Moreno came on and 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 looked good from an attacking well, sense. Yeah. I thought he did more attacking wise from left back than I feel like I'm digging out Bailey all the time than Bailey did um, from from right wing. Yeah. Probably the gloss, the, he was at fault for the goal, wasn't he, for the fourth goal? I think Moreno, yeah. so, but that, that took a little bit of the gloss off it for me. Um, but yeah, and, and sorry, you're trying to finish this up, been half an hour, and I'm um, starting, starting to find things to talk topic. about. The only other, other thing, other, other, other thing I was going to mention, what, what did you think about Duran when he, when he came on? I did forget about Duran even coming on, didn't I? I? I did wrap it up too quickly. Um, I thought he was okay, he looked uh, capable in terms of a physical point of view. He come on, he looks. So he looks quick. He, he held, I think he held the ball up quite well as well for a couple of um, a couple of times. Uh, but obviously, it's hard to. I actually wanted him to come on the pitch before then because the amount of times that Moreno, as you say, was getting to the byline. I think he nutmegged one player and then pulled it across. And I think it's Buendia had a block, had a shot blocked. But he was getting to the byline as a winger, and that's why we bought him because he's a different profile to Luca Dean, who would stand and cross the ball from yeah. you know, behind the penalty box, whereas Moreno gets to the. Bailon and we'll cross it back. I think Duran in the box and Watkins in the box would have maybe given us a bit more. I think the ball was stood up as well to the back post quite a few times for Bailey. And, you know, I don't think Bailey's going to score with a header, but Duran might have. And again, that's before 4 2, and we're probably going to draw the game. So, yeah, frustration. But I think maybe Duran coming on before. What did you make of him? Yeah, I thought I thought he looked keen. I thought he, he looked like he got a turn of pace on him. There's a, a runner, a couple yeah. of runs down the, down the right flank. And, I, I kind of like, you know, we you can't really have mystery signings now because you can do all your homework, can't you? After the event, yeah. and you can you kind of look on the YouTube show reels and and that kind of thing. But I haven't studied him greatly. Uh, probably a crap crap football fan, really. Um, that I've not given it given him more attention. So he's one of those ones where I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Um, and I think because you come without that kind of reputation, you probably get. Well, you do in my mind anyway. You get a little bit more of a free pass. You know, let's just <laughs> let's just let's just see what he's got. Um, yeah. Now, listen. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, there was, there was somebody I wanted to moan about. There was the, probably you'd probably swing for me next time. Next time at Villa Park, but he's older than me. He's really grumpy old man. And I saw in the comments, um, fans should stay till the end. Leaving Villa Park ten minutes before the end is unforgivable. There's this bloke. If he turns up and he walks down our row. And he turns up probably about, I say, 2.59. We don't often kick off at 3 o'clock. But he turns up about 30 seconds before the game, yeah. walks across, and then he leaves about 10 minutes before the end, regardless of the result. And he's the most ignorant – I hope he's listening to this because uh, he's the most ignorant, kind of ungrateful <laughs> man in the world. And I said to my son today, on the way in, I could see I could see him out the corner. I said, I'll give you a pound. If he says thank you to us for standing up when he comes past, I'll give you a pound. And he laughed, my lad laughs at me. He said, "No chance. You, your money's safe." Didn't didn't say a word. And then he come out ten minutes before the end again. I said, "If he says thank you now, I will give you twenty pound." And he just kind of wandered straight past again. And I just, I don't know. If we're going to moan about fans, let's not moan about the other forty-two thousand in there. Let's moan about this fella in there. He was probably the one. He's probably the one who always boos when the ball goes sideways. So um, anyway, I'm going to have my tea. I'm glad you got that off your chest. <laughs> And relax and breathe and breathe. <laughs> right, there we go. Um, yeah, 35 minutes. I think that will do us. Thanks for joining me, Matt. And I hope you can 
try and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, I've only got one day left, but yeah. And thanks to everyone for interacting in the comments as well. And I think our next video will probably be, if it's not in midweek, it will be on uh, the preview for Man City, which will be on Friday. Then I'm not sure if you'll be free to join me after that one, Matt, on Sunday. I think we'll. Yeah, that's, that's, that's eight days away. Right. Long time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you for everyone watching and please leave a comment and a like rating if you're watching afterwards and please subscribe to the Climbery podcast. Keep the faith and up the villa. Up the villa. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your thoughts and comments. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.